Thanks so much for joining us for another edition of The Field from KAWC. I'm Lisa Sturgis. We're now just days away from the 2022 midterm election and the campaign trail has become a motor speedway. This week, one of the biggest names in Democratic politics made a pit stop in the Grand Canyon state. But can a last minute push from Barack Obama get them the checkered flag? Our panel of experts is here to discuss. Plus, independents sit firmly in the driver's seat as we speed towards November 8th. Why they'll determine who takes the trophy. Then, what you need to know to make sure your ballot makes it across the finish line. But first, more details on former President Barack Obama's last lap rally here in Arizona. Former President Donald Trump has visited Arizona several times during this campaign cycle. Wednesday night, it was the Democrats' turn to bring on some firepower in their battle to take the state. Arizona, please welcome President Barack Obama. A warm welcome for former President Barack Obama at Cesar Chavez High School in Phoenix Wednesday night. It is good to be back in Arizona. The former president is crossing the nation, rallying support for Democratic candidates in the final days of their campaigns. I I am here to ask you to vote for your next secretary of state, Adrian Fontes, for your next attorney general, Chris Mays, for your next governor, Katie Hobbs, and to send my friend Mark Kelly back to the United States Senate. After deflecting a heckler, Obama went on to discuss the issues facing Arizonans, like the economy. You know, what, what's their economic policy? They do have one. They want to gut Social Security and Medicare and give rich folks and big corporations more tax cuts. And he rallied against those creating possible roadblocks to the state's ballot boxes. When you've got elected officials encouraging supporters to stand outside voting places armed with guns and dressed in tactical gear, more people are going to get hurt. The former president also reminded the crowd democracy is a collective effort. The only way to make this economy fair is if we, all of us together, fight for it. The only way to preserve our democracy is if we together nurture and invest in it. That starts with electing people who know you, who see you, who care about you, who know what you're going through. A whole lot of passion in that high school auditorium, but will it translate into action at the polls? We turn to Arizona State political science professor Dr. Gina Woodall and the founder of and chief researcher for OH Predictive Insights, Mike Noble, for insights and analysis. Wednesday night, we had a last-minute appearance by Barack Obama. He's been traveling mm-hmm. the country rallying the Democratic faithful. What do we think? Is it going to have any impact on the undecided voters? I, I mean, Mike and I we were talking about this a little bit, it might be a a little late um, for Democratic voters in Arizona. And I know um, that OHPI has uh, some numbers on, and so does the recorder's office, 
on who typically votes early. And so Democrats in large numbers, right, are, had, have already voted or plan on voting early. Um, so, I mean, I guess if you still have voters that, that plan on voting, um, you know, Thursday or Friday, Democrats in particular, and independents, um, then that, that could help. He was definitely on fire in in the other cities in which he gave speeches. It wasn't one of his like long kind of wonky policy wonky speeches. He had some good zingers and he was bringing humor to not a really funny situation talking about the election. Yeah, uh, and he and got Friday. big response when he he got he did big response on social security. Yes, yes, he did, and so. It, I mean, maybe, I guess my answer would be maybe, but it might be too little, too late. We'll have to see. Dr. Woodall made, made some really good points is that, you know, I, I think it'll have some impact, but I think it would have been more beneficial earlier. But I think what it shows or tells us, I mean, like how, what that precedent to see a former president like Barack Obama come to the state of Arizona, especially mm-hmm. a time like this, it tells us a couple of things. One is that, uh, Democrats are, I think, really nervous or a little stressed out about the races because they are incredibly close uh, right now here in Arizona. But also, remember, midterms are all about turnout, and they literally sent in their uh, star player. They, they set, essentially sent in the Michael Jordan of, of the Democratic uh, Party over here to help you know juice up and fire up their folks. And we look at early ballot returns. Democrats are doing a little better than Republicans, but again, they're maybe not as high as a level or an excitement or enthusiasm there. So they, they brought in their, their heaviest hitter to here in Arizona. And I think that means that they're taking this U.S. Senate race very seriously, but also the, the governor's race uh, they're very concerned about. So um, I think it's just very interesting because uh, Arizona usually wouldn't get those type of high-profile folks coming in this late. But again, another uh, indicator of that, we are not only a battleground state, but also a lot of what happens nationally may run through the Grand Canyon space. And, and one one other point, very good point, Mike. One other point, you know, that is interesting to me um, is that you know the sitting president is is not here, right? The sitting president has, has probably um, been asked not to campaign for, you know, not to kind of show up to um, some of these events. Um, and I think that that's important. What Mike had said is that it's true and that midterm elections turnout is, is relatively low. I mean, the highest, um, 2018, we saw what, close to 50% of voter turnout in midterms, which is the highest it's been in decades. I mean, many decades, maybe even like 60 years of midterm elections. So, you know, is that, are we going to get that same turnout or are we going to, you know, beat that 50% number? We'll have to see. That's why Obama is here and try to motivate uh, people to turn out. Last turnout that we had in 2018 was like uh, 64.9%. If you round up, it's 65. But that was the highest turnout uh, for midterms. Uh, for midterms for okay, midterm, wow. Like. That's higher than uh, I thought. Yeah, the last presidential we had here, so 2020, uh, mm-hmm. was uh, uh, eight, uh, roughly almost 80%. Things like 79 points. Yes. So again, another thing, round up. But so midterm wise, the last midterm was the best, like best midterm in 40 years, roughly, mm-hmm. that we've had. Mm-hmm. It was 
it just barely missed uh, 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 where it was 40 years ago. But here's the thing, the composition, the composition of what that midterm looked like was the best favoring Democrats that they've seen in decades. It was a Republican plus six and a half advantage. So for those maybe not as familiar, uh, R, R, when they say R plus six or D plus whatever, that's the partisan advantage. So let's say there's 40% of the turnout uh, of the overall electorate turns out Republican, 30, you know, three and a half percent is uh, Democrats. Republicans have a six and a half point advantage. And why that matters is because with such a how hyper-polarized the two parties are, R's vote R's, D's vote D, and you battle for the folks in the middle. So your turnout is huge. And right now, uh, Democrats have their best they've had in forever, which is R plus six and a half. And we're currently projecting it to be a Republican plus eight advantage. But again, that's the one thing of why midterms are so hard to pull because presidentials are easy because everyone turns out. So mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to know what your turnout is. But for midterm, it's truly about who shows up. And so, again, with uh, an Obama in town, et cetera, these high-profile folks, it's really about getting your folks motivated and getting out the vote uh, because vote really matters even more so in a midterm than it does in a presidential. Mike, y'all just released your poll of records ahead of the election next week, and there's been some movement Still a lot of shruggers and a lot of head scratchers, but there has been some movement. Let's talk first about uh, the U.S. Senate race. Mark Kelly losing some ground. It wasn't so much losing ground. His vote share is essentially the same of of what it was in our pre-election poll. But really the big difference was, and that's what we called out on our release uh, on our previous poll before uh, voters received the early ballot, was that Blake Masters had a, a base problem. Uh, it was mainly just him up there. He wasn't really partnering with Terry Lake. He wasn't really bringing his family in. This guy had a dark presence about him, but he just wasn't really connecting with voters. But it was really when he had the debate uh, uh, that happened against him and Mark Kelly, the debate happened. He started partnering up with Terry Lake, who the base is very much uh, lined up behind. And then also more money has come in because there's about an eight to one spending disparity between Mark Kelly and Blake Masters. And it was a unknown candidate so with all those ads he's kind of getting defined but his base has really started to come home for him and that's really what tightened the race that and kind of the economic uh headwinds or national headwinds that are not doing democrats any favors right now and then earlier this week kind of a head turner libertarian candidate mark victor removed himself from the race and endorsed blake masters do we think Mm -hmm. this is going to have any impact at all Probably some. What did what did he garner in your last poll? Well, not, not the app, not the what was it? Three percent. Three is three or two percent. Okay, right so three percent. Libertarians that say they're going to vote for him will probably vote for Masters if they turn out right. If they turn out uh, to vote, so that could help a little bit. But I think it's just it's it's hard to say. I mean, I think it's the really important thing is that um, you know the the, the undecided. And real and independents really need to turn um, for Kelly or is his race to lose. And I think uh, it's interesting. So there's, there's two points on that is that one is there's this interesting trend lately in the last uh, decade or so with third party candidates in these big mm-hmm. races like U.S. Senate, like either the Green Party or Libertarian. They'll be in the race up until the final week. And for whatever reason, they drop out and endorse somebody, whether it's uh, you know, a Democrat or Republican. And they drop out, which I find kind of funny because you're a few weeks away from the finish line and yet they endorse. 
But what's interesting is that uh, he was only at two or three percent vote share. The thing is, a lot of his vote is already cast. Uh, a lot of folks have already voted and changing mind. And so, perfect example: Matt Salmon in the Republican primary, who's far more well known than uh, uh, Mark Victor. He dropped out earlier than Mark is dropping out right now and endorsed Karen Sarah Robeson. It adds all this other stuff. And and uh, come election day, because his name was still on the ballot, he had six percent of the votes. Oh my goodness! Wow. So, wow. so will it have an impact? Likely not. But what's interesting, since this race has tightened, it could potentially be it. But ultimately, I think it's really going to come down to turnout and how those few undecided voters break. Yeah. Just like with Trump and Hillary, there's only four percent of voters that were undecided, but they broke heavy and hard uh, for Trump. And so it'll be interesting to see uh, how those voters go. But right now, Kelly has an edge, but Blake Masters could still absolutely win. And I think that could be a big upset of the evening. Oh, yes, for sure. Especially just nationally. I mean, just in the Senate, right? That's mm-hmm. that's going to be problematic uh, for the Democrats. Yes. Yep. The battle for control. It's a 50-50 split right mm-hmm. now. And, you know, mm-hmm. Congress is going to go GOP. The question just is about how many seats. And so, you know, Nevada, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Georgia, mm-hmm. even all that are really the states because it's really about the Senate um, right now, the cycle. All right. Let's look at the other race that's getting a real lot of attention. That is the race for governor. Um, Carrie Lake with a slight lead and some really interesting. I found some of your research to be really interesting. Right now, Carrie Lake has a two point edge over. Katie Hobbs, I think she's at about 49%. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting, whether you look at our poll or any other poll, um, you know, you see a consistent pattern that Lake is kind of ahead. So, again, I think it's Katie Hobbs really needs to be um, hustling in these last few days um, in this election if she wants to come out ahead at Election Day. But we asked the question, so based on how folks selected, hey, I'm voting for Terry Lake or, hey, I'm voting for Katie Hobbs, we branched them off and then asked them, we wanted to really get to, hey, are, are they voting for the person or are they really voting for, against the other party? You know, mm-hmm. uh, kind of more of that party loyalty or partisanship. And so we asked, uh, you know, Hobbs supporters, are you voting for Katie Hobbs or against Carrie Lake? And we made them choose one uh, of which one was closer to how they felt. And with uh, Carrie Lake, majority, vast majority, 75% of our folks were voting for Carrie Lake only quarter we're voting against Hobbs, so very much they were they like Lake and they're very fervent about her. But for Katie Hobbs, a majority of her support was voting against Carrie Lake. So it's kind of there's been some mm-hmm. questions about Katie Hobbs maybe not being as strong on the issues and not debating mm-hmm. and things like that. But you see that you see that kind of in the numbers there that she's not really making a great case for herself. It's more hey, don't vote for this person because they're radical or whatever. Uh, compared to her vision and everything else, which I think is kind of fascinating. I mean, I think that that is so telling. And I think that that really drills uh, down to just what the governor's race is about. I mean, Republicans are behind, overwhelmingly behind um, Carrie Lake. And and that plays out in in the data that that you collected. And, And for Hobbs, they're voting against Lake, right? So the Dems are saying, oh, we, you know, we were voting against Lake, not necessarily for Hobbs. I and mean, I think that that just encapsulates their campaign. 
how Carrie Lake is really gauging with her base, going mm-hmm. around, getting obviously a lot of media attention, some of it not good as as, as we can talk about that with uh, Pelosi's husband. Um, but at the same time, I mean, people are engaged and her base is energized, her base going to vote if they haven't already. Um, and, and with Hobbs, it's it's a little bit unclear, right? Because they are not, they don't show the same um, enthusiasm. So moving down the ticket, some really good news out of your poll from Adrian Fontes, because he has a surge that actually beat the statistical odds. Yeah. So it's interesting with the secretary, the secretary of state's race is we have Adrian Fontes, a Democrat versus uh, Republican Mark Fincham. One wants to make elections boring again. One wants to make elections great again. So you have these two candidates and it's interesting that Fontes, when we did this poll early on uh, for early voting, is that uh, Fincham had a slight edge, he had a few point edges. And it's really because the voters re- really weren't paying attention yet to the race. Yes, R is voting R, Z is voting D. But you had a lot of uncertainty with those more uh, less engaged voters. And as they got their early ballot, they started paying attention. You've seen it where Fincham up a few points. Now Fontes is up six is because there's about 25% undecided in our previous poll. Now we're down to about 11%. So those folks, as they started paying attention, they've been breaking uh, definitely more so to Fontes than Fincham. And also, up and down the ticket of all the Republicans of the top four races we polled, all of them are underperforming the generic ballot. However, because we elect, you know, the GOP nominees are more uh, harder to the right or uh, this mega slate. It's interesting. Fincham literally does the worst of the four Republicans. He has, his base support is the weakest. He only has 73% of uh, support among Republicans, but he also has the highest crossover of Republicans voting for the Democrats and the highest unsure rate among his base of Republicans. And he's losing independence by the most, by about 21 points. And that's really, you know, I think it's going to be a takeaway from the cycle is kind of candidate quality is, is very important, I think. But you, see, but you see it in the numbers that he has the toughest hill to climb right now. You know, Gina, is that a function of his messaging or is his messaging very on brand for him and people are just rejecting it? He's an interesting candidate. I mean, I think he just a, a lower quality candidate. I mean, candidate quality is a variable that political scientists use in their statistical models and we've looked at um and he just is he is not a strong candidate i think for various reasons now his messaging you know for for some republicans obviously they they're gonna they're gonna like his messaging and and probably for some independents as well talking about the election of 2020 insisting that there was fraud yet he he's provided no evidence even though he says that he has the evidence he just hasn't provided it to anybody yet That was OHPI Chief Researcher Mike Noble and ASU Poli-Sci Professor Dr. Gina Woodall. We also discussed the newest polling on the state attorney general's race, and you can hear that part of the conversation on our podcast. It drops Mondays at kawc.org. You are listening to The Field from KAWC. I'm Lisa Sturgis. 
Sometimes life gets in the way of our best intentions and we must procrastinate on some important things. Voting can be one of them. However, if you're casting your ballot later than planned, you still have time to exercise your early option. We turn to Yuma County Elections Director Tiffany Anderson for the key details. Tiffany Anderson, Yuma County Elections Director. We're getting close to D-Day. Yes, Friday today is the last day people can vote early in person at our office downtown. Um, After that, if you want to vote in person, you're going to be waiting uh, to visit one of our eight vote center locations on Election Day. So that's coming up on Tuesday. Those are open from 6 o'clock a.m. to 7 o'clock p.m. And there's a full list on, on the Yuma County website. Correct. There's a full list of our locations. We actually changed um, our main county website. The top banner will lead you directly to a document that has all of our ballot drop box locations as well as our vote center locations with a link that will take you directly to a Google map um, to provide you directions if you need some to see your your nearest voting location. And you you can vote at any vote center that you that's convenient for you the luxury of a vote center model is that you can vote the location that is most convenient for you that might be near your home or your children's school or your work Uh, we will update voter um, wait times at each of those locations throughout the day that information is posted on the county's facebook page Um, And so, you know, just pop onto the county's Facebook page before you go to vote and it'll show you which location has the lowest um, wait time at that moment so that you can choose the location that works best for you. As most of you are probably aware, this is a very lengthy ballot for the general election. There's 10 statewide measures. We have several local propositions as well as some candidate races for um, our local jurisdictions and school districts. So we're just reminding voters to come prepared um, and know how you're going to vote before you show up on election day so that um, you can get in, cast your vote and get out and there won't be a lengthy wait time for yourself or other voters. Say you're like me and you forgot to mail in your mail-in ballot. What should you do and what should you not do? Yes, so if you still have your early ballot in your possession right now, since it's so close to the election, please do not put them in a U.S. Postal Service box because we must receive them no later than 7 p.m. on election night. What we recommend now is either put your early, your completed, signed early ballot um, in one of our six Dropbox locations or bring it into a vote center on election day. You may do so without waiting in the line. Um, You go in and there's a secured ballot drop box at each of our eight vote center locations. And you can do that between 6 a.m. and 7 p.m. on election day, as well as visiting any of those drop boxes. That was Yuma County Elections Director Tiffany Anderson. If you've already voted and you wanna check your ballot status, you can just go to myarizona.vote. If you haven't voted yet, you can find full details on where to go on the Yuma County website. And if you're still making up your mind and you want to read up on the ballot propositions or learn more about the candidates, visit the Arizona Secretary of State's website.
Next week on the field, all that will be left of the election will be the final counting. Or will it? We'll cover the controversies that could arise, speak with local candidates claiming victory, and of course provide updated results, insights, and analysis. The Field is a production of KAWC, Colorado River Public Media. Send your questions or comments to me, lisa.sturgis at kawc.org. Our theme music was composed by Steve Hennig and performed by members of the Yuma Jazz Company. For more information, visit yumajazz.com. Thanks so much for listening to The Field from KAWC. Remember, you can always hear the show at kawc.org, on the KAWC app, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Lisa Sturgis. I hope you'll be back again next week. Till then, keep yourself informed and get out there and vote.